0: Welcome back to episode 53 of Sporting Max. This episode is brought to you by The Missing Link, connecting you and your business with the biggest stars in the world through events and experiences. Number 53 is the head of content at recent guest Eddie Maguire's Jam TV and the producer of Triple M Football, Luke Tuncliffe. Here's your host, Max Becker.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Sporting Max. For today, we're joined by Jam TV's uh, Luke Tooncliffe. Welcome to the podcast, Luke. Uh, it's amazing to have you on. How you going?
0: G'day, Max. Good to see you, mate.
1: Uh, good to have you on, Luke. Um, now, I'd like to start off with sort of what was growing up uh, like for you?
0: What was growing up like? It was great. I had a, had a fantastic childhood out in the northern suburbs of Melbourne, and like most kids, it was sport, 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 and sport. And uh, no, I was very lucky where we lived and you know, meeting a lot of good people and had great mates and no, very lucky.
1: What sports did you play uh, growing up?
0: Uh, probably like most kids in my era, it was football, basketball, and cricket. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as much as you could possibly get. You know, it's a bit different these days with iPads and laptops and phones and all that sort of stuff. We didn't have that back Yep. <laughs> back, back in my day. Uh, so we spent a lot of time outside, which you know, we were fortunate to do.
1: When did you start to, um, I guess, get an edge or sort of passion for the producing side of sport?
0: Well, a long way uh, down the track, Max. Um, my, my path to producing sport took a few twists and turns. And you know, I started straight out of school. I got an AFL traineeship and started at the Collingwood Football oh. Club. Mm-hmm. Spent spent four years at the Collingwood Football Club in the uh in the coaches box there. Had you know had an amazing time um and then from there went to channel nine and spent 10 or so years at channel nine and along the way worked for Triple M and uh and Jam TV for the last 10 years. So um was producing something I thought about as a young age? No. Did I realize at some point? kids, I wanted to be a footballer or, or a, a cricketer. <laughs> Did I, I realised at one point that I wasn't good enough. So the next best thing was to, to work in sport.
1: Uh, now, you mentioned sort of working uh, with Channel 9 for eight or so years. Um, you know, producing sports from the Olympics to the Commonwealth Games. Um, you've done cricket, AFL and World Swimming Championships. Can you expand on the experience of um, broadcasting live television and live sport?
0: Live sport. On TV or on radio is, is a great buzz. It's um, You just never know where it's going to go, particularly live sport on TV. it's You can put a plan in place, but ultimately you don't know what's going to happen out in the field. So what you do is you have plan A, B and C, depending upon what you think might happen, but you might end up at, at plan um, E or F, depending upon what happens on the field or in the pool or on the court. You just you just never know.
1: So what was working with nine um luck
0: like for you. Oh amazing. I, mean, I was at nine in the Halcyon years where you know Wild World of Sports was was a big brand doing the biggest sports. Um, you know, we're really fortunate to travel a lot. You know, I was at a young age and uh, and just see great sports people and and just learn so much and, and you do I think sport is is one of the great um, great things for for all people I think you learn a lot out of sport and you know, I'm teaching teaching my son now who's coming through you know sport can teach a lot
1: so how did you get your position um, at jam TV in 2012 working alongside the great Eddie McGuire? Uh
0: I have known Ed for twenty something years, um, basically when he began back at Collingwood in nineteen ninety-nine. And uh, yeah, and so I've you know, I've worked worked a lot with him over the journey and he and GMTB CEO Cos Cardone uh, said, right, we're gonna start up a new business and you know we want we want you there. And um, I knew it was the way of the future and they got things rolling for a year or so and then um, then I joined and, you know, have a look back.
1: Uh, now, throughout 2014, to sort of 2016, I believe, uh, you were a part of the Recruit AFL TV show um, and the NRL's The Rookie Show. Um, what did those two shows mean to you in terms of, like, you know, it's a television show, um, a TV show, and it's sort of, I guess, a reality show?
0: Certainly was. They meant a lot to me because, you know, we created them from scratch and... When you start something, the hardest thing is, you know, starting something from scratch and and getting it onto a TV platform. And we were lucky that Foxtel um, back at that stage they saw what we saw and uh, and the recruit, you know, was such a rewarding experience. It was hard, um, but it was rewarding just to give, you know, give people out in the suburbs the opportunity to to make it to an AFL list, and we did the same. Um, in the NRL as well, and you know, with the recruit, um, particularly the second recruit uh, who won Matty Eagles, he was on the Brisbane Lions list for four seasons. Now, it's a pretty remarkable effort for uh, at that stage he was a 25 or 26 year old wow. who basically hadn't played a lot of footy to to end up getting four years on the AFL list. So, um, really proud of of what we put together, and uh, um, you know, I still speak to a lot of the guys who appeared on on both the AFL and the NRL version of those shows.
1: Oh, now in 2018, you headed up uh, Jam's worldwide host broadcast um, of the Invictus Games in Sydney. How did you find this experience?
0: Amazing. Working for, well, ultimately we're working for Prince Harry because the Invictus Games is his legacy or was his legacy when he, when he uh, was in his previous role, mm-hmm. I suppose we <laughs> should say. Um, you know, as a, a great experience to deal with uh, basically returned war veterans who, you know, had been maimed in battle in some way, shape or form. And that could be mental or that could be physical. And just to see what sport played or played a role with them to help in their recovery. Um, And the Invictus Games brought nations from all around the world together to Sydney uh, over a, so I think it was a 10-day period from memory. And, yeah, we did it for the ABC domestically and then worldwide it, it went out, you know, to, to every country. So it was a, it was a great experience and, um, yeah, just met some, met some wonderful people over the journey.
1: That Invictus Games, what was it like to see and maybe sort of hear of people's um, sort of tough experiences in war and you mentioned how it can impact them um, physically but also mentally?
0: Oh, it was tough. We, uh, you know, dealing with mm-hmm. dealing with these guys who have had, you know, they have been in legitimate war. We sometimes yeah. talk about sport as, you know, going into battle or going into war. Mm-hmm. The reality is it's sport is nothing like <laughs> actually going to war like these guys had. And mm-hmm. you had to tread carefully. A lot of them have seen just horrific things that no, nobody should have to see. And the mental trauma that comes with that um, you know, it was it was it was actually really inspiring to see a lot of these guys who have had post traumatic stress come out and use sport as their their form of recovery. And um, yeah, it was great to meet people from all around the world who who came to it uh, in Sydney.
1: Uh, now you had the role um, of I believe executive producer in the recent success of the AFLs making their Mark Dockey series. What's the series all about?
0: You're telling me you haven't seen it, Max?
1: <laughs> I've seen a couple of episodes.
0: Come on, mate. No, the, Making Your <laughs> Mark was, uh, was a show where we we wanted to look through the eyes uh, of six different people, key characters at AFL clubs across you know a 12-month period, so the, the 2020 season. And as we now know in hindsight, what we thought we were going to be shooting ended up very, very different thanks to COVID. And uh, you know the show evolved and changed and moved and stopped and started and went in many different directions. But um, you know we're we're pretty happy with with what we put out and the uh, the numbers of people that you know have signed up to watch Amazon off the back of it has been uh, has been fantastic and really rewarding.
1: What are the biggest highlights for you out of that? Um, journey of, and you mentioned like COVID interrupting the whole shooting progress. What are the, the biggest highlights for you um, when you look back on the experience of shooting that, that production?
0: Uh, the highlights were having an amazing team of people. You know, we had 154 people work on the show to get it to to what you see, which is seven one hour episodes. Um, and those people had to adapt and change with Uh, very at some some stage very little notice um we're in exactly the same position as a lot of the afl well pretty well all the afl teams where you know they were moving up the hubs and our cameramen and camera people our sound people our producers they just had to roll with it and a lot of (laughs) of our people were supposed to be you know we were going to send them on a plane for what was only going to be a couple of weeks and they ended up being away for three or four months from their own families. So I'm just proud of the, an amazing team that we had. And, uh, you know, and what we've put together is really a look at an AFL season unlike any other and a sporting season unlike any other. And I think in 20 or 30 years' time when people look back at, uh, at it, at, as in the, the year that was, 2020, this will be a time capsule um, unlike any other.
1: Now, you mentioned before, um, sort of for the last 18 years, you've produced uh, Triple M's coverage of um, footy Australia wide. I mean, this is just like an amazing feature to have um, and to sort of be a part of. And you've seen the development of, I guess, Triple M and things like that over your time there. How have you found, you found um, your time at Triple M so far? And what differences do you notice between um, shooting a TV show or live t- um, TV uh, compared to radio?
0: That's a brilliant question, Max. I, uh, I, I sometimes get asked that question. I think mm-hmm. they, they both are fantastic mediums: um, television, live TV, and live radio. It's, it's exciting. Um, you don't, as I said before, you don't know where you know don't, don't know where it's going to go. The difference, though, is radio is a pretty relaxed environment. The reality is you don't have cameras pointing at you whereas tv (laughs) particularly in a studio environment um you know we've done a lot of studio live studio shows over the year where you need to have a rundown and you need to have it with you know within a second because every single tv show is timed within a second whereas radio is really loose yeah um i've been fortunate to work with some amazing hosts on radio and we don't really have rundowns. We, uh, <laughs> we, talk, we talk about things during the week and we pretty well just roll with it. Um, whereas TV, you just can't go in with that. You need to have a really solid plan. And if you have to react on the run, you do that. But um, they're probably the two biggest differences, yeah.
1: Can you tell me about your current role and what you're doing right now at GMTV?
0: Well, I'm the head of content. At Jam TV, and my role is to sit across basically everything we do and we send out. Um, Again, got an amazing um, group of people at Jam that put together over a thousand hours of TV a year for domestically and internationally. Um, You know, we've seen the world evolve and change, and over particularly over the last two or three years with, you know, Netflix, Amazon, Stan. And more recently, Disney, Paramount Plus. Um, there's there's so many more options than there was three or four years ago. Uh, we do a lot with the seven network, the nine network, and Fox. So our role, um, my role is is dealing with all of those different networks on a you know, day-to-day or weekly basis. And it's coming up with our production teams coming up with new shows and new concepts to take to the market. Um, And that's the exciting thing about what I do. I don't, I never have, there isn't one, no one day that's ever the same. We're always Mm -hmm. talking about different sports or we're talking about (laughs) different, different creative ideas. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's, that's what I love about my role notwithstanding the the great people that I get to do it with.
1: You said earlier um, you'd been, you sort of known Eddie Maguire, for twenty or so years, um, what's it like to know Eddie, and what kind of what is his personality like?
0: Uh, Ed is uh, an amazing human that has the knowledge. He's got a better knowledge of history than anybody I know. <laughs> um, he just has this ability up here to. To something from literally hundred years ago goes in and, and it locks in there, um, which is probably why you know he's he's a, an amazing host because yeah. he he doesn't need an auto cue and there's not many hosts out there that don't use that. Um, but what he is is he's, he's you know one of the most loyal people I've ever had the pl- uh, privilege of uh, of calling a mate. Um, he's extremely fair. He you know looks after the people around him and more broadly, and I think people you know read a lot, yeah. see a lot and hear a lot. and I don't think unless you actually know him, you you don't really know what he does behind the scenes and what he does and has done for twenty years for underprivileged people, yeah. um, you know for uh, minority groups and for the Indigenous community, all these things, people just don't see. And he he doesn't, um, he doesn't seek accolades for them. But he does them off his own bat and has done, for, done so for a long period of time. And um, yeah, there's, uh, he's also got the best, the best contact book,
1: <laughs>
0: probably of of, uh, of almost anyone in the country is there's, there's no one that Ed can't pick the phone up to. So no, he's uh He's, uh, he's a great person. Now, I'm told
1: you were actually uh, in LA when the devastating news came through um, of the late Kobe Bryant's death um, on Australia Day. What was it like being over there and particularly in LA at that time?
0: Jeez, you've got, uh, you've got good sources there,
1: Max.
0: <laughs> um, yes, I was over there. I was over there with Ed at that stage. We were on our way to the Super Bowl and it was surreal. We were... Um, we were ready to go to an Australia day party in LA and, you know, you we, we turn the, turn the morning news on and, and there it is. And it's, you know, a 15 minute drive down the road, that this has happened. And, you know, Kobe was such a larger than life um, figure in not just the sport of basketball, but, you know, sport more generally. So um, there was, it was quite hard to believe. And I went down to the Staple Center, which is where they were yep. holding their, the memorial and just to see the devastation on people, you know, it, people that I remember I was in an Uber on the way down to the Staples Center and my Uber, Uber driver just burst into tears. And he said, I've never met him, oh, but wow. this, this guy changed my life. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to live my life with the Mamba mentality Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, when you you got I got down there to to Ground Zero at the Staples Center and just to see the devastation on, it's not just his supporters, but it was you know, people from all over the world coming to pay their respects. Yeah. So it'll be um, it'll be something I'll never forget, that's for sure.
1: So what was your first initial reaction when you sort of saw on that TV um, that Kobe died? Uh, it
0: was surreal. It was like. Yeah no (laughs) how how we we're here in LA that 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 doesn't happen and we were actually due the following night to see go and watch the LA Lakers play the LA Clippers in a um you know that it was the the local LA Derby rivalry and um it was yeah it was it was it was just a surreal place to be
1: um, what would be your best advice to anyone who wants to get into producing a digital content um, or radio production of sport and be successful like yourself?
0: I'd I'd start by saying they should do what you're doing, Max. You're doing a great job. <laughs> um, I think as much experience as you can get, you know, puts you in front of the right people. And uh, I think that the more you can put yourself out there. And offer your services, you know, at a young age. And you know, we've we you know we've got relationships at many of the universities, but we've also whereby we've we've put people into positions straight out of uni. But we've also taken people from all over the place. And for me, it's not about a resume. It's about the want and the willingness to work hard and to learn, um, and to you know, be a good person and, and fit in. As part of, you know, if you're talking about Jam TV, we like people who fit into our team. Um, so, you know, offer, offer yourself up as much work experience as, you know, you, you want to give of yourself. I'd say the more flying hours, that will give you the best chance for somebody to, you know, employ you down the track.
1: Thanks, Luke, for coming on the podcast today and putting aside 20 or so minutes of your time to come on and have a chat. It's been an honour.
0: Good on you, Max. It's been been my honour to chat with you, buddy.
1: Thanks, Luke. Stay tuned, everyone, for some more Sporting Max.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Sporting Max. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify or YouTube and be sure to follow our socials. This episode is brought to you by The Missing Link. This is The Voice of Melbourne and we'll see you back here real soon for another episode of Sporting Max.